Hello everyone, this is episode 12 of Gaming's Lost Memories. I'm your host, Big Reed, and today we are going to be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, and <laughs> this is going to be a tricky one, because I feel like I I need to like vent and complain a little bit about Sonic. Uh, and I, I love the series. So kind of what I want to focus on is, you know, how Sonic came about, you know, my early experiences with it, uh, the impact it had on the gaming industry. <clears throat> uh, and then the transition to 3d, uh, the, the Sonic cycle, which, <laughs> um, that's, I, I feel like I need to like talk about it because, uh, it's, I don't know, just an interesting concept that I felt was true for a while, but I feel like that's kind of changing. And kind of like currently where Sonic is now, where I, I really do believe that you ha like Sonic has a a very devoted de devoted oh my goodness a devoted and interesting fan base, um where there's just diehard Sonic fans they get into like they'll, they'll talk about like you know lore stories like uh, there's a lot of Sonic fan fiction and like other weird stuff out there, um, but. Sonic just resonated with a lot of people, like myself included, and it still does to this day, but I, what kind of prompted me to talk about Sonic today was uh, I was watching um, <clears throat> a streamer, he normally streams Pokemon, so I was like, oh, he's streaming Sonic Frontiers, the new uh, game that just came out, which is uh, you know an open world take on Sonic, which sounds like it could be very captivating, because... Sonic, I, I, I don't really think Sonic has ever made the transition to 3D, like, effectively yet. And he, it's, he, the, the series has already had, you know, numerous, like, 3D titles. It, it seems like, for whatever reason, with Sonic in particular, in the platforming style of Sonic, it just struggled to transition to 3D, like, you know, Mario has, or a lot of the other franchises that, you know, from years and years ago kind of went through that th 2D to 3D jump and have continued on to, like, you know, reinvent and revitalize themselves. Um, but when I really look back at this, and before we kind of really get started with some history here, I I think we're kind of getting to a point, and, and this is going to sound crazy because, you know, <laughs> tomorrow's my birthday. I'm about to be 35, which that sounds like... Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel this old, I think. Um, but certain franchises that I feel like are like the big ones. Like I remember one time in high school, uh, we had like an art project and um, we were doing it on these like thick pieces of like cardboard paper where it was like really absorbent to ink. So like I used like different colored inks and I did like all the gaming logos at the time. So like all of them, there's probably like 50 plus like logos, you know, uh, either video game logos or video game companies and everything like that. And like, I, I look back to that time and, and maybe, maybe Sonic is just not as big and important as I think it is. Because for me, it's like, oh, this is, you know, a franchise that is completely like shaped, you know, you know, kind of me as a person in my younger, more formative years. Um, and it's just like huge and impact impactful and, and it is to a certain degree because the Sonic movies came out. My kids love them. I I think they're okay. You know what I mean? Like they're they could have been you know better, <clears throat> but uh, I thought they were enjoyable movies. That you know kind of captured Sonic pretty well. It was goofy, is fun, but it's just like, is Sonic the Hedgehog as a video game series 
still like a quote unquote, like triple a huge title. And like, I, I look at the sales figures of recent games. Cause to be honest, I haven't kept up with like Sonic the Hedgehog sales figures in my mind. It was significantly more popular than what the sales figures are showing. And I know sales aren't everything, but you know, um, you know, Mario Odyssey sold like what? 20 million copies or some 50, however many, you know, millions and millions and millions of copies. And I just kind of assumed over the last like 10 plus years, 10 or 15 years that, you know, Sonic, the games have been releasing and selling like five or 10 million copies. And that's just not the case. Uh, since the original Sonic the Hedgehog, which came out on the Genesis, which w it was bundled in with the Genesis. <clears throat> uh, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But, you know, if you count the bundled sales, it was 15 million. Uh, Sonic 2 was like 7 million. And then basically, you know, since the original Sonic the Hedgehog, the best-selling Sonic the Hedgehog game is actually Sonic and Mario and the Olympic titles. Like, for whatever reason, the <laughs> the first one that came out was really popular, apparently. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of odd that, you know, since Sonic's inception, the best-selling Sonic game is, like, a Mario tie-in. Uh, I don't even know what kind of game, like, sports game that you would, you know, call that as. But, um, so... What's the history of Sonic and why is it so influential and why is it, uh, why do you have, you know, fans who have played it forever, like myself, like kind of like scratching their head when they see like where Sonic is now. Um, so Sonic the Hedgehog was designed to be Sega's mascot. So they needed to sell Sega Genesis, you know, systems and they looked at Nintendo. <clears throat> well, they looked at kind of two companies mainly, but you know, Nintendo has a mascot of Mario and that has not changed. Like, it's just been absolutely crazy that, you know, I, I remember sitting down playing my NES and playing Mario and now, you know, watching the younger generations play Mario on like the Nintendo Switch. It's like, what? Whoa. <laughs> and it's still good. It's still really popular. It still sells like crazy. It's still really well known. So that's that's all interesting. But that's where Sega was coming out. Like, hey, we need that. Like, we need to sell these systems and we need some type of mascot that differentiates us from Nintendo. Uh, but kind of, you know, gives us a killer app or a, a killer title to sell this system and help us market, you know, this stuff better. But it also has to be a good game. Uh, and they also looked at Disney. Uh, so, you know, M Mickey Mouse, I hope this is correct because I've, I've always heard this. But they looked at Mickey Mouse and they're like, okay, so like how do we kind of make, you know, a character that does what, you know, Mario does for Nintendo for us, but also is, you know, we, we want it to be brand recognition when you see this character, similar to when you see Mickey Mouse, you think of Disney. It's just Mickey Mouse, Disney. Everybody knows Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse has been around forever. <clears throat> so they ended up doing that. They, they created Sonic the Hedgehog, and it created this super interesting time for me, but for the gaming industry too, because Sonic, you know... He was edgy. Like, he represented the 90s, I think. Uh, like, I don't know why the 90s had this, like, weird, like, psh, like attitude era. <laughs> like, it was just goofy. Um, but I feel like Sonic kind of encapsulated it pretty well. And Sega did a good job of, you know, making him look edgy. Where Mario kind of looks, you know, friendly, doesn't really talk outside of saying, like, wahoo and stuff. Uh, you know, Sonic has that edgy look. He's really fast. Uh, it, you know helped them market their uh, campaign of Sega does what Nintendo don't and blast processing, <clears throat> which was like 
the the processor apparently like the blast processing processor quote unquote of the Sega Genesis was like the only um the only thing that Sega had over Nintendo in terms of performance against the Super Nintendo but they they marketed that like crazy like I remember being a kid and just getting like blasted with you know <laughs> advertisements basically watching commercials and like seeing like cool toys and video games and everything but I just remember I'm like Sonic is cool <laughs> like I like this and then the Super Nintendo is like uh, uh this is like so embarrassing but it like worked on me as a, a very young kid like <laughs> the Super Nintendo was like your grandmother's console is like all right we got the Nintendo uh looking back the Super Nintendo is arguably the greatest console of all time and has some like the best games of all time uh but also one thing that it represented as well uh was Nintendo during the time <clears throat> they they would censor games at that time. Now, they've changed a lot recently, basically because they've had to. That's a different podcast. Um, but, you know, Final Fantasy VI had censored scenes, or three, Final Fantasy three, same thing. Uh, three is six here. But they censored scenes and everything like that, and N Sega took the opposite approach. It's like, you know, boom, here's this. This is a... a this is like an adult gaming console. This is like the cool, edgy gaming console. Look at our character. He's fast as opposed to this, like, you know, you know, chubby character that runs around and jumps like Psh, that's slow, you know, like platforming. Like, it's going to be super fast platforming. And the games were awesome. The, the Genesis games, sadly, for whatever reason, Sega themselves as a developer and we'll talk about this, but has, I, I don't know if they lost the coding. I don't know if they lost the, the coding or the files of the original Sega Genesis games or, you know, Sonic team and, and the people that basically like created Sonic and everything like that. They're no longer with Sonic team or Sega. So I don't know if it's like from that, but they've just never been able to get back to the positives of Sonic. What are the positives of Sonic? Uh, the music's absolutely phenomenal. The gameplay is really fast. Sonic's a cool character. The levels just look amazing. They're like really, really awesome looking. And you have like a more arcadey type experience as opposed to Mario where, you know, Mario <clears throat> is more detailed platforming where you might be a lot slower and meticulous with your moves where Sonic, you're exploring the levels. A lot of the levels will have like multiple routes, you know, like higher, lower, there's secrets, like I, I just bought into all of it. I freaking absolutely love Sonic. And, and I remember because, uh, you know, money was tight growing up. And I, I really do think my mother, you know, did the absolute best that she could with Christmases and everything like that. And I, I really appreciate that looking back. But I remember we went to Ames, which is a dead department store <laughs> in the small town that I grew up in. It, it no longer exists. It went out of business like a hundred million years ago. But I remember, and I look back now as a parent and I'm like, okay, I realize what she was doing, but she took me to their electronics department. And as I recall, they actually had a good video game department. Like I, I remember, uh, like I have a few memories of it and it's, it was better. Like, I don't think our small town deserved like how good it was. And we, I, we definitely didn't appreciate it because basically after, you know, Ames shut down there. There's no place to buy electronics in that town. <laughs> but I remember she took me there and I have a very vague memory of this. But the one thing that stuck out <clears throat> is 
she was basically trying to like walk me around to see like what I wanted for Christmas. And I kind of knew our situation as a kid growing up. So like I, I'm weird about gifts. I don't like receiving gifts because I, I, I feel bad that, you know, in those types of situations, it might've really, it might've really stretched us thin or like sometimes it wasn't possible. You know what I mean? So this year it was, and she's walking me around and I remember she goes up to like the super Nintendo (laughs) and she's like, is this something you would like? And I said, yeah, because I did not like feeling like the greedy. (laughs) Like I didn't want to be like, no, uh, Sonic's awesome. And Sega's cool. Nintendo's lame. But I remember I said yes, but I think I said yes in like a sad kid way. So I was like, yes, and like tilted my head down. Um, looking back, I would have loved to have had a Super Nintendo. I mean, now especially too, that would have been great. But I, I don't think she asked um, like if I wanted the Sega Genesis. I, I think she just saw my reaction and one of two things happened. Either she picked up on it and was like, okay, he clearly doesn't like this one. So maybe a different one. Uh, or there was just like this mega, uh, this mega, this amazing mega Sega Genesis deal at the time. Um, so long story short, you go to Christmas Day, and of course she has like the VHS giant camcorder, you know, busted out, and somewhere there's a VHS of Young Big Reed like opening his Christmas present, and it was a Sega Genesis, and I remember like seeing it and just being so shocked. And I (laughs) started getting teary eyed. So I remember I held the box up in front of my face because I was like embarrassed that I was like starting to cry. And uh, there was like a few games that I got and everything like that, too. Uh, One of them was Garfield. I don't know why I remember Garfield, like why that was a game. But (laughs) hey, we had Garfield. Um, But I, I just remember like I was so excited and so happy you know, that I got that as a present. It was the best. And, and the rest is history. Like, not only do I think the Sega Genesis was a really solid console, um, Sonic 3 ended up being one of my favorite games ever. So Sonic the Hedgehog, the original one, I still think it's a solid game. Um, I think the, like, graphics look really cool. I think the gameplay solid. Sonic didn't have his spin dash yet, and I don't think Tails was in it either. Um, so the spin dash was a huge... Like, if you started with two and you go back to one and then you realize you can't spin dash, you're like, what the heck? Um, But there's so many, like, iconic levels and everything like that. A really solid game. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is arguably the best Sonic game. I I think having played all of the Genesis ones and, you know, the ones that kind of after that and a few of the other, like, a lot of the 3D titles too, I think if somebody said Sonic 2 is my favorite even though Sonic 3 is my favorite, like I, I wouldn't argue because not only do you have Tails, the game's super long, the levels are incredible, the games are fun, there's like so much to like, you're running through the levels quickly and exploring, but the, they're very atmospheric, which is really crazy to say because you're running to the right really fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's less of a focus on battling where, like, you know, in Mario, you can run through everything, but you'll take your time to, like, you know, knock out some Koopas or something like that. But in Sonic, you're blazing through everything, you know what I mean, and running fast. Because if you get hit once, you lose all your rings, you get hit again, you're dead. But, you know, you're not really stopping to, like, hit all of the enemies. Or you're running really fast, you know, getting thrown into the air, and then you're, like, 
you know, bouncing off of the enemies and knocking them out to like further progress yourself and like keep your speed going. The Chaos Emeralds are in it too. I don't recall if Supersonic is in Sonic 1, but I know he's in 2 and 3 and, and Knuckles too, which is another fun thing to kind of talk about. But Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is just, it, it's it's awesome. It's Sonic in all of his glory. The gameplay is really tight. The jumping is tight. Like everything feels very concise and just clean like the gameplay is good the graphics are awesome the music's awesome the levels are cool um you know like collecting all the emeralds like there's all those like the side mini games that collect the chaos emeralds the boss fights are pretty cool you get to the end of a level you know robotnik comes out some crazy machine you have to you know be be careful like how you hit them because like they'll have moments where they're kind of uh vulnerable but that's also kind of one of the interesting thing about you know early sonic boss fights is they can be kind of tricky um, cause I remember like the end of Sonic the Hedgehog three, the final boss, like you basically go into it and have to not get hit once. Cause I think you can get three rings before you go into it, but he has like a tiny little hitbox that you have to hit while jumping and like moving in the air and like angling it. Now I can do it cause I play those games like so many times, but I remember it being like really hard the first few go arounds, but Sonic the Hedgehog two, awesome. Sonic 3 comes out. Now, the Genesis version of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is amazing. And Michael Jackson, out of all people, like they gave <laughs> they gave Sonic red shoes because of Michael Jackson. Like the what they were trying to accomplish with Sonic as a mascot was just like literally like coolness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but Michael Jackson apparently worked on Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and this has pretty much been confirmed at this point um but there's a lot of like lore and like rumors behind this one because basically what happened is Sonic the Hedgehog 3 was going to be a game with Knuckles in it so Knuckles is in Sonic 3 but I don't think he was playable but basically they they introduced a save system so that took up too much memory on the cart basically um, and you know, they had to tighten the game down and split it across Sonic the Hedgehog three and Sonic and Knuckles. So both games are extremely, extremely similar. Um, just a lot of different levels. I do feel like they feel a lot different. Like I feel like Sonic three, I think it has six levels, but they're really, they, they feel different than when I play Sonic and Knuckles. Like when I play Sonic and Knuckles, I'm like, this is kind of strange feeling. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's the music or like just the level design. I, I just feel like Sonic 3, I really like the levels and the transitions between the levels. But the music is absolutely incredible. So uh, I want to say the levels 4 through 6, they no longer include the original music in any of the reboots remakes or uh like hd ports or anything like that which leads me to believe or leads like everybody to believe that you know there's a lot of legal issues surrounding the michael jackson thing because he helped work on it and I, I don't know how else to say it especially like level six in sonic 3 it just sounds like michael jackson music but I think one thing that he didn't like is because he's a, he was a very particular person musically, um, and a lot of other reasons why. But musically, 
Um, he didn't like the sound chip of the Genesis, which is true. Like it just, if you compare it to like an album, like a, a you know album you're going to release to get video game music at the time, you were limited. You, you, were get, you weren't going to get the same experience if you're trying to say like, okay, I want to release like a regular song and I want it to sound like that. It's just, it wasn't possible at the time. Not saying that early video game music wasn't great. It was phenomenal just for like what Michael Jackson was trying to do. It just, it wasn't feasible at the time. So I don't know what the truth is because anytime I look this up, I get kind of conflicting answers, but it's enough for Sega to not want to use that music anymore. So, you know, either something happened or, you know, his influence is in those songs because basically during the allegations, you know, with all of that, which we won't get into too much here, um, they basically like dropped him working on it and released it. Um, but it sounds like, you know, his influence and work is probably still in the, the game music. <clears throat> then you have Sonic and Knuckles, right? Now here, Sega got weird with the Genesis. This is where things started getting a little strange. And I, I feel like Sega started losing its way. But, you know, because Sega was losing its way, you know, Sonic started losing his way too. But Sonic and Knuckles had a cartridge where you could open up the top and put another Sonic game, which I think technically any game, I've never did that, but you could put another Sonic game in it and control Knuckles through like original Sonic games. I remember as a kid, uh, I had Sonic 1 through 3. I did not have Sonic and Knuckles, but my friends did. So like I would take like Sonic 3 over and like we'd, you know, play them together. But there were there were uh, secret parts in levels to Sonic 3 that only Knuckles could access. So what you had to do was like play play as knuckles go to that part and like you know he could use his knuckles to like break through rocks and stuff so it's pretty pretty fascinating you know being like bringing it there and like you're just like stacking all the games on top of each other and like switching them out and stuff like that it was pretty cool as a kid uh but an odd concept and it led to an odd concept of i think sega the genesis at one point especially in North America, like everything that Sega tried to do with Sonic, like making him cool and, you know, getting market share away from Nintendo by having a mascot worked. Um, like at one point, the Genesis was outselling the Super Nintendo in North America. I don't know if it was overall, but I definitely know like in North America. Um, but, you know, that was basically working. The Genesis was, you know, popular. And as opposed to looking towards the future... And ensuring that they were, you know, basically ready to transition into new hardware and everything like that, you know, as you're making games for the existing hardware, they got kind of stuck trying to get the most out of the Genesis hardware or maybe even trying to like reinvigorate the market um, because there was a 32X attachment, which played like a different set of games. Um, and then there was like a Sega CD, which had different, it, it was just, it, it was a weird time because I think they let the Genesis hang around too long. And, and as a video game company, you know, if, if you're creating hardware, you always have to basically be working on the new hardware and at least having ideas for it because you, you're doing two things. You have to take care of your, you know, the existing time frame creating new content, making sure that all of your studios are effectively working on, you know, quality games, the inspection of the quality, you know, always having things in the pipeline as a business. But then for the future too, like if you know you have, it's changed a lot, but the console cycle used to be like five-ish years or so, like five, six years or so. Um, being ready to release that new hardware 
to keep pushing the video game industry forward, but also working on new software for that hardware as well. And this is where things kind of, you know, started getting a little weird, not only for the Sonic franchise, but for Sega as well. Um, too much time on the Genesis, basically. You know what I mean? Like, releasing other attachments, super confusing from a consumer standpoint, because it's like, okay, how do I buy games for, from your company? <laughs> because it seems like I, I got my Sega Genesis, and there's like six attachments, there's three different styles of game, like, how do I know? Like, what's going on? Um, it's good that they were like pushing the boundaries by having like, you know, a CD platform attaching to it. It's an interesting concept, but I think at the same point, like you need to be ready to develop your hardware properly and have that ready to go as well. Now, also at this time, I was a just big Sonic fan in general. They had like the TV show, which was totally cool. Um, the Scholastic Book Fairs, which I don't know if everyone remembers. Um, basically, the Scholastic Book Fair would come to your school. And I don't know if it was for a few nights, but like you'd go to your school, like after school, like between like, like around like six, between like six and seven or whatever it was. And they would have like this thing rolled out of like all these books and you could go through and like, it was just so fun. There were so many different books, but there were Sonic the Hedgehog books and you are darn right that I like bought them. I was like, I think maybe in first grade, uh, I think I'm trying to think here. Yeah, it would, have, it would have been first grade, I believe. Um, it would have been like, what, 95? Something. First or second grade. I, I think it was first grade because I, I remember, I, I don't know if she's still around, but Mrs. Shirts, I just remember her because she had a weird name, like Shirts. I, we didn't know how to spell Shirts when we were, we were like writing her name on the board one time and like we just drew a t shirt. <laughs> but Scholastic Book Fair would come around and I had like two or three Sonic the Hedgehog books and a couple Donkey Kong books too. And it would like, you know, it was a short book, big lettering, pages with Sonic art describing like what was happening in the book. Uh, so like you turn the page and there's like Sonic, like, you know, I don't know. But they, they told the origins of Sonic and him and Robotnik were brothers, adopted brothers, like his grandpa. I, I don't know. It was like <laughs> such a weird situation. Everything about Sonic's a little weird, but I, I, I was all on board. I freaking love Sonic. I, I remember... Um, just like anything Sonic related, I was like super interested in. So, oh, the Tiger handhelds too. Those uh, little game systems that you would get. Uh, they were, wow, the most confusing things ever. So they look like a square little game system and they have like a directional pad on the left and then on the right they have like an action button or like different buttons. But I remember I had a Sonic 2 one really vague memories of this but i i looked it up and i was like that's the one because there's three of them three sonic ones one based off of each of the uh sonic one sonic two sonic three but i saw the set the sonic two one and i beat it i i don't even know how i did that because like i was watching somebody play it earlier today and it is unbelievably confusing of what the heck is even going on in the screen but i was like so pumped to have it and i i was like ready to just play that thing and i beat it somehow like i remember it had a button where you could turn the sound off because, like, the music was so sharp on your ears and just, like, hilariously bad. But those things are a, a cool find. I think you can still buy them. I think they started, like, ma uh, manufacturing them again. But I remember it had Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on the Tiger Electronics, and, like, I even beat that. Like, I, I was just... I just freaking loved the franchise. <clears throat> now, during this time, 
next generation of consoles is coming out and, and a lot of things changed with Sega. And I really think that's kind of, you know, what has led to Sonic in his current state. Um, but Sega, they're going to release their Sega Saturn and boy, did they do it weird, but it was going to compete against the PlayStation one and the Nintendo 64. One thing that I, I read a lot during the time and I, I should have checked the specs before I started this, but I think it was a difficult platform to develop for. Um, and I don't know if it was like less powerful than, I think it was less powerful than the 64, but I don't know about the PlayStation. But the popularity of the Sega Saturn was just kind of depressing. Now, I have extremely fond memories of it. I still have a Sega Saturn. Uh, and my buddy had one. So that was like the console that they had at the time. I don't quite know why. But I do, I do believe it could play CDs, uh, so I don't know if like um, his parents got it for that reason. Because I remember like they would have like parties and stuff, and like we, we're it's basically like go drink Kool Aid and eat pizza, and you guys play video games and let the adults just you know party. <laughs> but I, I remember them putting like a CD in and playing it through like the TV speaker system or like whatever speakers they had attached to it. But I loved the Sega Saturn. Now, it didn't have, from my understanding, like a traditional, full-fledged, like, you know, 3D Sonic game. And this is where it was weird, too. Sonic 3D Blast released on the Genesis. I don't know if it was also on the Saturn. That was just a really weird, bizarre game. Like, everything. Like, it just started... It went from, holy crap, these games are pretty awesome, and people being like, Mario's a dork, to what? <laughs> like, everything with Sega and Sonic, everybody's, like, tilting their head to the side and scratching their head. But I remember playing like Virtual Cop 2, uh, Virtual On, which was like a robot 3D, I think it was 3D, semi-3D like fighting game. Like it had so many cool games. Like I remember going to my friend's house and just having a blast with this console. But they ghost dropped it. So basically, uh, I, I think they announced it and then they were just like, oh, it's out next month. It's like, what? So like there was no hype. It was a super bizarre launch. Like normally uh, you're giving plenty of time. Like you might... There's going to be a lot of information, like even now, you know, up until the point, and and there's probably going to be like an official announcement and date, even if it's like a couple months out, like hey, it's you know November seventeenth, blah 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 blah, like whatever day it is, but it just seemed like it was like Sega Saturn. Oh yeah, by the way, it came out last week. Like what? Like what just happened here? So it was a really weird release, and Sony came into the marketplace with their weird, you know, Nintendo PlayStation that them and Nintendo basically like fought over and Sony's like, ah, well, we'll just release it ourselves then. Fine. So it was just a really odd and competitive time and gaming was transitioning into 3d. And I think this is kind of where there's like almost a point of no return because so many people that have been playing Sonic since the original times uh, of the Genesis games or have been just playing video games for like, you know, a really long time, look back to the that Genesis era of like the golden age of Sonic, right? And for some reason, with this 3D transition, Sega's just never been able to figure it out. Like I even Sonic Adventure. So what happened is Sonic Team is like, hey, we're gonna push development back of the Sonic game that we're working on because, you know, Sega was like, hey, the the Sega Dreamcast, or excuse me, the Sega Saturn is dead. Like, this just didn't work out. So we're going to release, you know, a new console. Which is another weird thing. Because it's like, okay, hey, this Sega Saturn didn't work out. They just, like, pulled the plug on it. Which is, like, crazy to kind of, like, think of. 
and pretty soon they were going to have to do it again. But the Sega Dreamcast was way ahead of its time. So, you know, you have great graphics for the time. Um, and it was stuck in the weird place of being in between the, you know, sixth and seventh generations. Like, I think it's technically, I I don't know. I don't know if it's like, it feels like 6.5. But I don't know what generation the Dreamcast is technically a part of. I want to say seventh. Um, But that was the other weird thing is it felt like it was kind of in between them. Because if you look at some of the early um, Sega Dreamcast games, I get Nintendo 64 vibes on a lot of them. Um, But then again, the console had a 56K modem. So there was a lot really interesting about the console. So Sonic Team's like, okay, we know this is coming out. We're just going to push our development past this with it. So you have this weird time where Sonic's just on hiatus. Sega releases, you know, a bomb of a console. And now they're like, okay. We gotta we gotta bring Sonic back. We gotta bring our company back, basically. Release new hardware, and that led to Sonic Adventure. Now I feel like this is a pretty not polarizing but divisive title. I think, in my opinion, so a lot of people like it. It was it, it sold well, and when I say well, this is where Sonic I think really starts to differentiate from like what. When I say triple A, you can reference that a lot of different ways, like, you know, high budget or, you know, high sales or something like that, generally like higher budget. But this is kind of where, like, it was the Dreamcast's best-selling game, I believe, but it was like two and a half million copies. Now, when you're used to Nintendo cranking out, you know, like, you just, like, look at the Nintendo Switch sales of their first-party franchises, and it's ridiculous. Like, Mario Kart 8 has sold 40 million copies. And it wasn't even originally released on the Switch. But two and a half million copies, like, that's not bad. But you kind of already see, like, it it was released on a failed console, too. So, like, I I feel like I have to give it some credit there. But it got good reviews, um, you know, especially at the time. And once again, the Dreamcast was just cool. Like, I didn't feel like the PlayStation 2 was cool uh, at the time. Like, at the time it launched. Um, It was definitely, it felt more like a piece of technology where the Dreamcast had the feeling in marketability of like an actual game console, like a a cool game console. And then the GameCube uh, was purple and had a purse handle. (laughs) Listen, I loved loved my GameCube. (laughs) But it was also ahead of its time. Like, I can't believe the Dreamcast had Fantasy Star Online. Like, it had a a small-scale MMO with a 56K modem and, like, it's just amazing. Fantasy Star Online, uh, the original, is like one of my favorite games ever, too. I, I, I played it a ton on the GameCube. It's just like, get off of school and go and be like, okay, time to kill some random shark monsters, I guess, whatever they are. But <clears throat> I remember playing Sonic Adventure, and I, just to be frank, I don't think it's a very good game. I don't think it's bad, but Sonic has never experienced the 3D Sonic game that just had critical acclaim and sold really well and, like, became known as, like, okay, boom, you made the transition. You know what I mean? And there's there's so many franchises, one, that didn't even survive the transition of 3D gaming during this time. And then there's other franchises that seem to have done it well and then others that just, like, didn't do it too well and since have, like, rectified it. 
But Sonic in particular, for whatever reason, the really fast gameplay worked well on 2D, probably because there's less space to work around. Like you can basically hold right on the joystick or the, the joystick, the D-pad, and kind of get where you're going and react to it. <clears throat> but it just never felt tight. Like the, the gameplay, the controls, the action, it just never kind of felt the same. Now from like a, an overall atmospheric perspective, I think Sonic Adventure and the Dreamcast in general just was really cool. Like I, <laughs> the opening, the opening level, I feel like in Sonic Adventure also kind of sets a tone for the game. <laughs> and then it gets kind of like weird after that. You're like running really fast, you're like flying through like all oh, this crazy stuff's happening on the screen. And then all of a sudden the camera goes in front of you. So, and th that's the other thing is the camera shifts around. So then you have to like, if you change the direction of the d the joystick at the time, it it's just very confusing because when you're running one way, then all of a sudden the camera goes in front of you. You're like pushing the opposite direction that you're going on screen now. So that was just like another weird thing. Like, I don't think they ever figured out the camera in the Sonic Adventure games. There's two of them. Uh, but you're running away. Then there's an orca well, and it's like just jumping up and crashing this boardwalk as you're running away from it. And it's like, whoa, this is awesome. Like the Dreamcast is cool. Sonic's cool again. Mario's a dork. Like this is amazing. And, and it was like, it was really cool. Then I, I don't remember what happens at that point, but you, all of a sudden you're like in a town or like a city street and there's like taxis and you're like, what? <laughs> Did I get off on the wrong bus stop? Like, what? what is uh, what is going on here? Then all of a sudden, it's, like, really weird. There's open world, like, hubs and stuff like that. But that's just, like, when the game gets weird at that point. Because then you have to, like, go and, like, find the other levels. And, oh, there's other playable characters. This, this is another thing in Sonic fandom where <laughs> some people are like, I love Big the Cat and all these weird side characters. And other people are like, why are these side characters here? I just want to go fast. <laughs> like, please let me just go fast. Um, so Sonic Adventure was a weird experience. Sonic Adventure 2 came out and it was like one of the last hurrahs for the console because the Sega Dreamcast didn't survive. And there was a gentleman, I, I don't have his name off the top of my head, that basically was financing a lot of Sega's business. And on his deathbed, he forgave Sega of all the remaining debt. And the Dreamcast is kind of like a sad time. There's there's a few times in like gaming history where everything's very quiet and solemn and sad. Like the merger of Square Enix, or excuse me, Squaresoft, and e like that was one of them. I, I remember that happening and like all the weirdness with the movie and everybody just being like, Wow. Like, Squaresoft's gone. You know what I mean? Like, this is an interesting time. And everything that happened with the Sega Dreamcast, like, all of the people at Sega, the developers of the games, and I, I really feel like Sega gave it, I think they knew this was it. And it's really difficult when you're, it's a business, and and I feel like sometimes the video game industry starkly reminds us of this, that you gotta sell widgets, you know, or you gotta sell games, right? If you don't have the revenue, you can't make more games, and games are art, aren't they? 
So it's kind of weird. Like I always think about this. It's all, it's always strange that like our art form that we love solely the longevity of it is based upon can they continue selling copies of new games? And Sega just couldn't deal with all of the external pressure. So they lost the EA deal, the EA sports deal. Um, and I, I cannot remember why I think it was because, uh, their two K sports series, which was awesome and probably honestly better than, you know, um, EA's, I don't even know what it is. Madden series. Like they're based, uh, I'm, I might get some hate on this one, but they're basically the same freaking game every year. Um, so I don't know. I, I love football, but I, I just feel like Madden never really made me feel like I was playing football or like watching exciting football. But Sega, you know, obviously they wanted to have their 2K football games, you know, their NFL, you know, games on the console. And EA was just like, well, fine, we're not really. And Madden was just wildly popular during that time. Um, the PlayStation 2 was also, I don't want to say an unforeseen juggernaut, but I don't think everybody expected the situation that occurred with the seventh generation. And I guess technically you have four consoles. You have the Dreamcast, GameCube, Xbox, and PlayStation 2. Sony, once again, and, you know, they're big on, you know, the physical media, um, like the actual, so you have your, you know, DVD. It had a DVD drive, right? It's crazy to think that, like, home DVDs like weren't popular yet. I think it was like basically the matrix that kind of you know, was the catalyst for that whole market. But from a technological standpoint, Sony banked on that. And that just kind of, that's another thing that helped edge out the dreamcast. There, there was so much competition and the competition, you know, at the end of the day, competition is good, but it was a transitionary period for basically everyone. Sony basically become, became the new like gaming destination. Uh, the PlayStation 2 is the greatest selling console of all time, and I still think it's number one. I think the DS was the only one that could maybe have caught it, and it fell like a million short. The Xbox came, so Microsoft's like, hey, we're willing to lose $4 billion to make this a success. We have our killer app, much like uh, Sega just did with Sonic. You know, They did it with Halo, and they're like, boom, now we have... There's some cool opposition to Sony. So Sony became kind of like the adult, um, you know, like the teenager slash adult video game console. Microsoft was, you know, second place there. Like, you know, hey, th here's another outlet if you don't want to buy a PlayStation. Nintendo went through their weird phase of everyone thinking that their games were kitty and nobody wanted to buy a GameCube. And Sega just, there's too much competition, too much going against them. Uh, it, near the end of the life cycle of the um, the Dreamcast, they ended up dropping the price down to ninety nine dollars. Which, you know, if you if you got a Dreamcast for ninety nine bucks, then I, I feel like it was just a, a great deal. They just did like so many interesting things. Like they really tried. You know what I mean? Like they had the the internet. They're they're um, I'm trying to think of what they're called. V VMUs. They're uh, memory cards plugged they had a little screen tiny little screen on them and they plugged into the controller and some of the games like do things like you could take that out and take it with you and like play little bits of games on them if you had save files for it and then at the end of the day you know it's a console that's not selling there's no games for it basically 
I shouldn't say no games because the Dreamcast definitely has games, but it just didn't have the amount of games. Like they weren't like Nintendo where Nintendo could like, hey, we have, you know, 10 different franchises we can pull from that everybody knows. And then 15 franchises after that that we could technically still utilize that are like semi-popular. Um, Sony was just dominating. Everybody was releasing games for their console. Same thing with like Microsoft. Like if it was going to be an M-rated game, it was going on both of those. Probably not on the GameCube. And there was just no way in heck it was going on the Dreamcast. So it was a weird, it was a weird time because it felt like it got stuck between the sixth and seventh generation because it didn't have a lot of the seventh generation games that like were multiplat. So, you know, Sonic. I I, I feel like. Sonic Adventure is kind of where it kind of ended. The quality and the ability for Sonic to be so well-known and to like sell games, I, I think, went away at that time. And it's crazy to think of, you know, say, you know, Mario Kart, because that's a sales figure I have off the top of my head. 40 million copies on the Switch, Mario Kart 8, which is a port, basically. It's like an enhanced port. 40 million copies. It's just absolutely insane. And for whatever reason, Sonic was just never able to transition to 3D. So what basically started, uh, like I said earlier, wanting to even sit down and talk about this, was I, I was watching Sonic Frontiers, and I... I, I the Sonic the the Sonic cycle is something kind of funny. It's like a meme, but basically it's like they Sega. I don't know if it's like true anymore, but Sega shows you know some gameplay of a Sonic. Everybody gets hyped back up. They say it's going to be different this time. Um, you know, then the game comes out. It gets mixed reviews, mediocre reviews. Doesn't sell that great. And then basically the last step of the cycle is everybody vows to never do it again. And you know, it's just, I'm done with Sonic. I'm done with Sonic. Then they come back. But what's interesting is I, I just don't think Sonic has the sales figures to really represent like that Sonic cycle because you're you're looking at um, let me take a look here because like I said earlier uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games was the best selling Sonic game quote unquote since the original with 11 million copies sold and yeah like Sonic Adventure two and a half million two. 1.5 million Sonic Advance a million so it's like it's breaking a million but you you look at other sales figures from something that should be like a, a mascot of the hardware and it's just not having like that that much of an impact and there's wow there's a few titles I didn't even realize that didn't even come close to breaking 1 million so that's actually uh, pretty interesting so at this point um, nobody from the original Sonic team or that were like involved with Sonic are, are there anymore. And I feel like you can you can sense that and feel that. But what's so funny is uh, there is a title that came out about five years ago called uh, Sonic Mania. See, I have it right here. And I remember seeing this and being like, did... Because at this point, the Sonic cycle happened a lot where they were like, we're going to bring him back to his roots with Sonic Generations, which sadly had like 3D levels that you had to play through too, which was okay. Sonic Colors was interesting, a newer experience. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't say they were like amazing games, 
but they weren't bad, <laughs> which was like, you know, something that like we, we just wanted to move Sonic in the right direction of like, you know, quality games. Right. And uh, let's see, there's Sonic. Oh, Sonic 4. That was one where as Sega tried to go back to Sonic's roots a million different times, this is why I think they lost the coding for the Genesis games because Sonic 4 came out and everybody's like, oh, he's 2D again. It's awesome. And you play it and you're like, the platforming is so off. Like it, it, it was such a weird experience. I don't even know how to describe it, but Sonic felt like heavy and floaty at the same time. Like it just felt really awkward controlling him. And I'm like, there's no way there have been examples of companies losing the coding to their game. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure Square Enix lost the original coding to Kingdom Hearts one. So it's not like it's unheard of. But it's the only thing that I can think of that would have happened where, like, if you still have the coding and you can go back and reference the Genesis games, why couldn't you just take it, you know, update the uh, development tools and be like, all right, we're just going to make one with this and see what the heck happens. So Sonic Mania, I didn't realize at this time, wasn't even developed by Sega. <laughs> It, it's awesome it looks exactly like the genesis games it feels exactly like the genesis games the music's great like everything is i i remember playing and i was like holy crap i was like how i was like how did sega do this and i was talking to one of my friends and he was like well they didn't make it i was like what he's like yeah they found a guy who made like these fan-made like reboots of sonic or like redesigns or something like that or i'm like wait what and that's basically true. There, there's uh, this gentleman. It might have been like a couple people, but um, yeah, he essentially made Sonic Mania, but Sega like supervised it. But they requested that he like handle some of the ports and everything like that too of the Genesis games, which is just absolutely like fascinating to me. Like I just I, <laughs> I can't I can't believe it. Uh, but what's really funny, and maybe this isn't funny, I I don't know. Maybe maybe this is like sad for the state of um, uh, Sonic in general. Um, but it was like the best reviewed Sonic game in 15 years when it came out. <laughs> like that, oh man. <laughs> so kudos to Sega for basically saying like, hey, we don't know how he's doing this, like, why don't we bring them in and have them do something? I, I think they should, you know, continue it. Um, even if it's a side thing, the only thing is like, it's another thing because it's probably, you know, the, the highest we've talked about the highest rated uh, Sonic game in 15 years. Right. And it released on every single platform, but it only sold a million copies. So I think that really kind of puts things into perspective. So I'm really interested to see what Sonic frontiers does because the game just doesn't look good to me and as i was like watching and, and you know I, I definitely need to play it but it just to be honest based upon what i've seen i i don't know if it's a game that i want to take the time to play right now um it just i don't understand how like we're at this point now so like i i don't even know what sonic's identity is anymore and you look back and if you were like hey describe uh sonic uh, in the genesis era i'd be like he was the embodiment of the nineties. He was edgy. He was cool. Like he <laughs> didn't play by the rules. He's very fast, you know, cocky has a sense of humor. 
gets the job done, like really cool. I'd probably say cool already. And if you ask me to describe Sonic now, like I don't even know what I would say. And especially after, you know, having played, because I've played pretty much every <laughs> every Sonic title up until this point. I, I have Sonic here. No, I played Sonic Heroes. I was going to say, I might not have played Sonic Heroes. I have it on the GameCube. I do remember playing it. But it just it just feels like they haven't been able to kind of bring back and and to be a mascot that basically made the genesis a success and at the end of the day like you know made things it, it got S- sega to where they are today and the sonic movies uh, did really well and he's really well known like if a kid sees sonic th- there's a good chance they might know who he is but why is that not translating like to people just buying the games you know what i mean like that that's kind of where I, I really thought in the last like 10 or 15 years that Sonic just sold a lot better. So what I thought was happening was the games are coming out, the Sonic cycle was happening, they were being mediocre, some people liked them, most people didn't, and but the fan base was still there. Like That's the one thing, is like that fan base, there are still people that love Sonic, and there are still people that are really like, they go in depth with the Sonic lore and everything like that. But what is tricky here is that just isn't equating to like, large sales of the franchise and i'm really curious because like sonic frontiers uh it's glitchy the design is weird i seeing sonic in 3d space and like with what they're developing it just doesn't i don't know if it's too fast or just like too jumbled it doesn't seem like it's easy to control him like the the game is all all glitchy like just everything about it is just when I think, I still think of Sonic as like a really solid game series, and I, I think it's just from like the perception that I had from all of those years ago, from playing like really high quality Genesis titles, and being like, yeah, these games are freaking awesome. Because I I can't tell you how many hours I put into Sonic Two and Three, especially Three. Like I, <laughs> I I would get home sometimes and be like, ah, I feel like playing Sonic, and I would just beat. Sonic 3 in one sitting with Supersonic. Like, I, I would just collect all the emeralds, turn to Supersonic, beat the game. Like, psh, like, I did it. And to see, like, where it is now. And Sonic Mania was a good throwback, but... If if it was that good, and it kind of went back to the roots, it's like... Maybe there is something to them trying to, like, push it forward and go to this, like, 3D and everything like that. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for, for Sonic anymore. It's a series that I would still say that I like, um, and, and I I miss old Sonic. I'll always like fondly remember, you know. And, and there's the best way to play the Genesis games is that on a Genesis because like you don't want to lose on that Sonic Three music either. Which on the uh, the ports, there was a lot of like you know issues with the playability of the ports. But that was another thing they had to remove that music due to Michael Jackson's involvement, um, which was just a bummer because like I can't imagine playing uh, levels four through six without the original soundtracks. Like, they're so ingrained into my memory that if something else is playing, I'd be like, uh, what's this? So I, I don't know where where Sonic goes from here. I don't know where, you know, Sega goes from here. I mean, they it's Sega Sammy now, so there's a lot of other titles under their umbrella. And I think Sega as a whole does have a lot of great intellectual properties. But, like, what do you do with Sonic? So, like, if I, if I give you, you know, the business magic wand... Uh, like, what do you do for the series? Um, because if Sonic Frontiers sells well, or at least more than a million copies, you know what I mean? Then there's something about getting Sonic in a 3D space, but why 
th- there are ideas in games that kind of embody the gameplay of Sonic. So the gameplay of Sonic is moving quickly through a course, right? But why can't we translate Sonic into this 3D world and make these games fun? And like, I, I, I just, I, why can't we do it? And, and I think the secret sauce here is racing games. Now, what I'm saying is that I don't want Sega to make another Sonic racing game. But the gameplay is there. So, in, you know, something you control moving very, very quickly through a course in a 3D space, racing games. Like, you go through a course, you're going through fast, there's different gameplay, like, you can drift, you can do this, you can do that. Like, and they're good. So how do we kind of, like, take Sonic and blend him in, not saying that it has to be put into, like, a like and remove the car and put Sonic there, I'm not saying do that, but the gameplay is there for what Sonic can be in a 3D space. Like, why can't we take those ideas and blend them with the Sonic franchise and make something that just doesn't have a completely messy camera and you're like, what is going on here? Like, I barely have any control over this character. The camera's flipping around. Like, what is the point? What are we doing? So I, I don't know. Like, if I gave you a magic wand and said, hey, do, you know, do something that fixes Sonic. What, what's his future? I don't know what it would be. Sonic Mania 2, but then what? What? It sells a million copies and... It's just not what, you know, it's just not what Sonic was anymore. It's just not a, a killer app. It, it's a good selling game, but it's not like a triple A sells game. Like you're not going to sell 15 million copies of Sonic anymore. So I don't know. It, it, it's, it's hard for me coming from an absolute love of Sega and Sonic and seeing just like what it's become. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know where you go from here and I don't think I have the answers anymore. I think you could definitely blend some ideas and, you know, I feel like Nintendo has done a really good job with Mario of blending in the nostalgia and the people that have grew up playing Mario, but also bringing in new people to play Mario in like modern day, you know, game styles, basically. And I don't know if I don't know if it's doable with Sonic anymore. I don't know what the answers are, because it feels like with Frontiers coming out that it's not that. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But that'll kind of wrap up this podcast. I love Sonic, and I just want the best for him. I want the best for Sega. So I'm hoping they can kind of figure this out. But those are kind of my my lost memories and uh, fond memories of the Sonic franchise and kind of thoughts on where it's at currently. Uh, But I am Big Reed. I am your host. This was another episode of Gaming's Lost Memories. Uh, Please follow or subscribe so that way anytime a new podcast comes out, you can check it out. Um, and if you have any suggestions, you can always like leave a review on topics that you would like as well. Uh, I cover pretty much anything. I've been playing video games for a long time, but thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it.